Welcome, everyone, to Polk and Kush. It is September. I don't know. I guess we're going to have to say the day we're actually recording. It's the matinee. So it's September 5th, 2023. We have officially made it. We're at football season. Everyone. We're at football season. This is a daytime episode for all the Polk and Kush listeners. Kind of weird to record during the day. Yeah, it's, uh, I feel totally off. I didn't yeah. do the, the the welcome everyone well. I didn't do, I, I you know, I'm in daytime mode. It's well, we're, sleepy. we're probably each about three beers, and usually it's more like eight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that's what's throwing us off here. Yes, but it is wonderful uh, to be back. It is wonderful to be have football to talk about. And it is uh, just a treat to get to do this here in the middle of the day in the uh, in the Polk Estate at the Bud Light uh, Tangerine Studio. Yeah. How are you, my friend? I'm good. You know, it's time is a flat circle. I don't remember the last time we did a podcast. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. I no, feel like I it was like so. 10 days ago. Yeah. We're back to regular rotation. That means I'm going to have to start watching this stuff, remembering <laughs> players' names. It's a real burden for me. So I'm going to need you to do some heavy lifting by watching the games. Yep, I got that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that this season. <laughs> That's a heavy ass. I've got like a bunch of video games in the queue <laughs> that I haven't played yet. And, you know, it's just kind of like, do I really want to... Be disappointed. Yeah, the when when you have so many entertainment options on the touch of your uh, control, watching yeah. a thirty-eight to zero college football game isn't always, you know. But that's what I'm doing. I'm here to do that for the podcast. Yeah, and then people see me and they're like, "Oh, you're the guy from the biggest podcast in in New Orleans, the biggest <laughs> sports podcast in New Orleans." What do you? What can you tell me about? It? I'm like, I can't. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I don't watch it. I have no Leave idea. Leave me alone. I think I had football on college football on my TV from Thursday evening. I, I think I watched every game. Yeah, I swear. I, I I literally don't think it came off, with the exception of when I went to Tulane to go to that game. That's absurd. It was so much football, and almost all of it was bad. Yeah, like there was very few good games, you know. But there was games Thursday night, Friday night. All day Saturday, most of the day Sunday, and then last night. So I, it's been insane. And it's just been on my TV. And for whatever reason, credit to my wife, Mala doesn't give a shit. She's like, that's fine. You can put it on. My kids don't care. They kind of like having it on in the background, I yeah. think. Um, and it's just on. I'm not necessarily watching every play, but it's on. And I'm betting on it, and I'm losing. And everybody's happy. You're not watching every play. You're betting on I'm every betting play. I'm betting on every play. Every third down. The first game, I was like betting on first down. I was so excited to get back in. <laughs> I was like, oh, the, the, are they going to hit this first down for a plus 120? <laughs> I think Nebraska's got it in them. I don't know. There is, uh, 
a real sickness you can get yourself into uh, doing that because it is an, it is a great way to watch a game. It's very interactive. But then you also realize how many bets you can place in like a very short amount of time. You're like, why don't I just place one bet for the whole game? <laughs> Wouldn't this be a better way to have the action? I don't need the conclusion right now, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm sure the kids enjoy you watching it because they get to run around. Yes. You're completely distracted. Totally. They're like eating the roach traps uh-huh. and climbing into the air ducts. Taking keys, putting them into the uh you know the 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 uh, outlets it's uh, <laughs> it, just see what happens you know yeah. taking the toaster put it into the bathtub anything is possible this is how kids learn these days it's like i have no time to deal with this the northwestern rutgers game is on i have a lot of <laughs> going on I need to hit the over of 35. I think there was maybe one good college football game, that late night Louisiana Tech game. I don't even know if that was good. It was just weird. That was week zero, too. That wasn't even this week. I think Louisiana Tech lost by like 100. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was officially 100 points. And that was when you stopped the season's over for Polk? (laughs) Well, (laughs) it was a valid excuse. I feel like the people in Rustin would understand. Yeah. I was just up there, so I'm going to talk my shit. Yes. Yeah. I think that's reasonable. You've got uh, close experience. Um, Tulane looked good. Mm -hmm. They won against a pretty good South Alabama team. The student section was Packed. I was there probably uh, like 30 minutes before kick, you know, playing on the little field behind the, uh, the, the, like in between the dorms and the entrance of the stadium. And they were turning students away. They're like, we're totally full. Man, that's never happened. Like 30 minutes before the season opener for two lane footballs. Like, this has never <laughs> occurred. No. I was like, never. And it's all just, you know, 20-year-old girls wearing absolutely nothing who could not care less about football, but it's like the thing to do now at Tulane, and it is a very odd turn of events. Man, well, I think you've just doubled the attendance by saying <laughs> half-naked 20-year-old girls. All the Polk and Kush fans are like, well, I guess I got to... <laughs> Might want to go check it out. Yeah. Get a couple drinks at Roberts beforehand. Yeah. Stumble over. That scene outside the boot is like uh, you. Know, it's like going to uh, Cancun on spring break. It is just wall to wall, and everyone's going in nuts. And I was like, I don't know why you guys even bother going to the game. This is hundred x better. I can't go to anything like every year. I look ten years older. Oh yeah, than freshmen to seniors in college. Every single year is a decade additionally added on to how bad I look comparatively. <laughs> I look like a cop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I look like a cop at Warp Tour. Because I'm like wearing like a band t-shirt and, you know, Converse. But then they're like, hey, that guy has a hairline of like a 1940s guy talking about the Hindenburg. <laughs> you guys have any explicitly illegal drugs that I could purchase from you? Yeah. I'm cool. <laughs> Can you say it right into my lapel? <laughs> Hey, I listen to Fergie, you guys. Give me some X. And that Laffy Taffy song, that's a good song, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it was, uh, it's wild. It was, it's just very, it's so telling that just like all you have to do is win. Yeah. It, all, as, little, as much as people try to do things to attract fans for, you know, with the promotions. And there's so many people who work in all these buildings who do so much on a day-to-day basis to try to get people to show up to stuff. And literally all you have to do is win. It is that simple. It doesn't matter. Uh, the rest of the crowd was not packed. It was a, a good crowd for Tulane, but not packed. This weekend, however, 
uh, will be slammed. They play Ole Miss yeah. at 2.30. That will be a uh, sweat box and a half. Um, 93 degrees at 2.30 p.m. in New Orleans is an absolute disaster. Uh, people passing out, I'm certain it's going to be, uh, you know, Gurney second line going through oh, yeah. the concourse there. But it should be uh, a really good time. Both teams ranked. Kind of a crazy situation to have a two-lane. And really, you know, this team is a lot of – they were a lot of fun the other night. Their th- trick plays, quarterback looks great. Michael Pratt was just throwing dimes. Michael Pratt looks so much better than any quarterback who played for the Saints last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, just throwing 50-yard dimes. So if he can keep that up, they can play with anybody, and they'll be really good. But it is a, uh, a long season, but certainly an encouraging start for the Green Wave. That two-lane bandwagon is wide open, especially with LSU's disappointing start. I yeah. mean, LSU looked completely lost, completely overmatched, yes. outclassed. Just It's fun for New Orleans. I, I would say that New Orleans needs a little bit of a victory right now. Sure. Just, I say that every single show. New Orleans <laughs> has been through some shit this last week. Yeah. Every single show we've ever done, mm-hmm. I've said that exact quote. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing is that Willie Fritz sounds like Marty Funkhauser. <laughs> he does. <laughs> That's a great comparison. I, I love it. He does sound like Marty. Whenever he, especially like a game where he's been yelling afterward, he, he sounds exactly like Bob Einstein. <laughs> Super Dave Osborne. Yes, they, I mean they've got the same raspiness yeah. and the kind of the same look. Yeah, know? they do. Yeah, the uh, Marty Funkhauser. That's perfect. Uh, but yeah, that LSU game was a, a debacle in the second half. They looked. I, I don't quite understand. Like they were number five in the country coming in, and everybody which in, seemed too much just off yes, the get go. Yeah, I, it, that that it never made any sense. They, it's not as if they were undefeated last year or even that close to it. They got blown out by Tennessee and by Georgia and then lost pretty handily to a bad Texas A&M team and lost to Florida State last Mm -hmm. year. So it's not as if they were some sort of invincible team. It's not as if they brought the whole team back. Um, So I didn't quite understand why they were that high. I guess the uniforms are really cool and the helmets are really cool. And so people just assume good quarterback. Yeah. Allegedly. Sure. And he's I think I don't think he was the problem. No. Uh, they dropped a lot of passes, and their defense got their shit caved in. Like, it was ugly. They Florida State just just crushed them in the second half, and they did whatever they wanted. And that's the fear for this LSU team is, like, if you can't score almost every possession, you're going to lose some games against good teams. And I think that was every fear of that came true, uh, that you can't just try to outscore teams now. Especially when your quarterback isn't Joe Burrow. Your quarterback right. is Jaden Daniels, who is a good college quarterback, but is not a Heisman Trophy guy. I think that was all crazy the way that was hyped up. And you could see it. I walked around my neighborhood, like right around kickoff, and there was like, I mean, there must have been in six blocks, there had to have been the 10 outdoor parties of people watching the game outside oh, yeah. on Sunday Labor Day. It was kind of a perfect. You know, nobody had worked the next day. Yeah, it was the weather was not brutal. It hadn't like, rained for two minutes, yeah. so the streets weren't <laughs> flooded. Yeah. So it was all these things, and it was I am it was kind of amazing how many LSU whatever. And then I do wonder if that will continue if they're not you know any good. I feel yeah. like people here are very quick to drop off of the LSU. The people in Baton Rouge are very very loyal. I think the people here. LSU is just kind of a thing to do. Whoever's the best team in the state yeah. is kind of who I think 
New Orleans is going to go for. Sure. That's New, Orleans, New Orleans has no collegiate alliance. They didn't yeah. go to college. <laughs> they went to high school. Yeah, they went to American Samoa University Online. Until the University of Phoenix Online has a football team, New Orleans is pretty much up for grabs, I would say. <laughs> and DeVry is, yeah. really, is making the college football playoffs. So, yeah, I went into like Sam's Club, and it was like all L- – they had like the LSU tents and yeah. the LSU grills. Tulane, get on it. Yeah, I know. It's, it is it is very uh, – I, I, I just – I don't feel like when you walk around here on a daily basis, there's that much LSU, and then all of a sudden on a, on a game day, especially a game like that where they're the only game, it's like, yeah. wow, this is kind of crazy. A Saints game, you feel it. I feel like a big Saints game, especially. Yeah. Like, it's very obvious. Everyone's wearing black and gold, you know, in, in I mean, even for this preseason, people have been wearing black and gold. Yeah. People, there, there seems to be a level of excitement for the Saints this season that I haven't seen in two or three years. And it's got to be solely because of Derek Carr, I'm presuming. <laughs> yeah, there's no other. The most exciting man <laughs> in Orleans Parish, Derek Carr. You know, his spirit animal is uh, Jesus Christ. So <laughs> what could go wrong? Um, well, maybe he's going to come back from the dead and lead this team to redemption. I don't. This The Saints season, we are on the cusp. Uh, they play Sunday at noon against the Tennessee Titans. In the Superdome, first of all, will you be attending? Yeah, uh, t- TBD. TBD. If yeah. someone gave you tickets, you would go? Uh, probably. Okay, okay. That's a big test yeah. of, of how important the Saints are right now, is will Polk take free tickets? I'll okay. take free tickets if they're good. <laughs> and if, I need armrests. And if I'm not like sitting with people I don't want to talk to. If you're on the 600s, when you lose the armrests, that's when you know that you've, you're in a bad seat. Yeah. <laughs> If somebody calls me and they're like, hey, we got great tickets, bad news, you have to go with my grandmother, I'm probably going no. They're like, Andrew, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, a kid said he wanted to go to see the Tennessee Titans with you and Kush. I'd go, we'll see. We'll see. How bad is it? Exactly. Can I vape inside the stadium? What's he got? (laughs) Peanut allergies? Forget it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be a good crowd. I think people are hyped up in a way that they probably haven't been. And even two years ago, I think there was like some post Drew Brees era, like optimism of like, mm-hmm. all right, we've got the team. But now, you know, like with a Jameis and his big arm, I think we're going to be and like, yeah, that obviously fizzled last year. There was definitely a lot of uh, dread entering the season or a lot more than there is now. And this year, once again, everyone's hopes are up. I don't share the same level of optimism about Mm -hmm. this team as I've expressed on here. I think this game in particular is a difficult matchup because the way the Titans play is going to be just running the ball over and over and over again. And I don't know if the Saints, I would say the Saints defensive line is probably its biggest weakness, right? On the defense. Yeah, they did not stop the run at all last season and Tennessee I think was one of the top teams for yards after contact yeah. which has been the Saints weak point forever yeah. but especially last season. Yes. I don't I, there's been nothing to improve that. No, everybody left mm-hmm. except for Cam Jordan and who's a million years old. Yeah, who's, you know, old and Tomorrow Davis is still there and he's a million years old too, but I kind of, you know, 
He's earned the benefit of the doubt, at yeah. least, that he can play against the run. But He's got the arm sock thing yeah. that looks like a <laughs> candle from Kirkland. But I feel like the Titans are going to run the ball 35 times yeah. between Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears. They've got a lot of talent back there, and it's probably not going to take a whole lot for them to score. And then the Saints are just going to have a lot of pressure on them to score and the yeah. limited possessions that they get, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on Derek Carr. And, th- and then all of a sudden you're talking – this is how the game's going to go. And, and I don't know if this game will be really indicative of the season, I guess, is my overall point. I don't think you're going to face a lot of teams like this. Yeah. The season. Well, the Saints are just still have so many questions to answer. Who's the number one receiver? Yeah. Is there anybody at tight end? Is Juwan Johnson really the number one I tight end? I think he's the guy. I think they think Chris Olave and Juwan Johnson are those guys. I haven't. Neither of them have really proved that in the regular season yet. They've. They've had great training camp, supposedly, but I think we all know what that means, which is dick. Like, that means nothing. Uh, we, you know, hearing about a great training camp or a great preseason means uh, it, it just holds no weight. So you got to see what they can do in those positions. Yeah. But yeah, there's tons of questions. And that's, a, you know, Tennessee doesn't have that many questions. They know who they are, they've played the same style of football for a decade now. Yeah. Same They're, coach for a long time. Yeah. So. They're going to have the edge in that regard. I mean, Derek Carr is like the whole season, though, right? It doesn't it feel like it, nothing else really matters. Like, if he's really good, it should all be fine. Yeah, I think that's a over... Right? Is that like the generals, that the meatball take that you can make? If Derek Carr is great, I think the Saints will be fine. But fine is winning eight or nine games. I think fine yeah. for a lot of people is winning 10 or 11 games. I know, which that seems like it will be very difficult. Mm-hmm. But me, ah, they haven't had a good quarterback in three years. So it's like, I, and, and I, we, haven't, we also haven't seen like what's between Drew Brees and Jameis Winston. There's a large gulf mm-hmm. between Drew Brees and Jameis Winston. How far? I don't think anybody expects Derek Carr to be Drew Brees. Even late era Drew Brees. I don't think anybody expects that right that would be a lot i hope not no i mean he's never been that no he hasn't but saints are happy to have a quarterback that is not andy dalton not Jameis winston not trevor simeon not ian book when i've been some real scrubs starting games is there a more forgettable saints quarterback than andy dalton who started seven or eight games (laughs) i think he started more than that yeah so I'm, the Saints are trending in the Taysom, right direction. Yeah. It's just it's just the same thing we've been saying for the last two, three seasons. Huge question mark. Yeah. You just need to see him on the field. And then last year, everybody, they were like, we just need to see him out there. We just need to see what happens. James just needs – nobody was healthy. Yeah. So it could be another question mark this season unless they stay healthy. And then I think it's going to take two, three, or four games. Maybe Kamara comes back at the exact right time. Yeah. And the team gets in a little groove. They have one of the easiest schedules in mm-hmm. the league, not just the division. Yeah. And I think the division title is expected. I also think that's one of the big boons of this season is that if they start 0-3, whereas, and, and I'll certainly bury them, but they're not buried. You know, like, even if they get off to a really slow start. Yeah, we'll bury them for fun and of, ratings yeah. and all those clicks we get. <laughs> Just the pessimism that lives inside of me will you know the little mutant will crawl out and start cackling and saying how you know miserable this team is and all this shit. But 
it doesn't really matter. They can start 0 and 2, 0 and 3, and I don't think it will really kill them. Yeah. Uh, because the the opportunity that sits in front of them with how bad the division is and really how mediocre most of the NFC is allows you the opportunity to not have to be perfect and be able to bounce back, especially in a 17 game season, especially with seven teams now mm-hmm. making the playoffs. So these, there will be a lot of conclusions made after the first couple of weeks. And I don't know how important any of them will be, but no, I will not be able to stop the gremlin inside of my head. <laughs> who is 100% going to come out and just, you know, oh, they're bad again. Time to fire Mickey Loomis. It's time to fire everybody. <laughs> Kai Hartley, you fucked the whole franchise around. Uh, yeah, that'll be, uh, every one of those will be, I'll have uh, 100 draft tweets as uh, Derek Henry is running the ball repeatedly up the middle. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's just the way my brain works. Yeah. But as we sit here today on Logical Tuesday, not overreaction monday but logical (laughs) tuesday before the season starts i know that these games are not as pivotal as it seems now if you lose to carolina on the if you get beat by the titans which again i think is reasonable chance that happens saints are favored in that game yeah and mostly well it's like three so it's basically the difference of home field advantage right so they're essentially they're even Mm -hmm. and then you go on the road to carolina who i think based on the preseason, might be the worst team in the NFL. It's them, Arizona. There's not many teams that are worse. The, the, I, I, from what I saw of Bryce Young, he literally could not get a pass off. That's how bad their offense was. I didn't see any of the actual game. I, you weren't I, watching preseason I football? saw it on Hard Knocks. <laughs> he looked two feet tall next to Aaron Rodgers and was like, yes, sir. He's wearing a hat with a propeller on it. <laughs> and a pledge pin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're fucked. There's no. I don't think they're even trying to not be fucked. Yeah, I think they know they're going to lose, and that can be said about every team in the NFC South. Yeah, with possibly the exception of the Saints. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know the Saints aren't trying to lose. They yeah. might lose anyway, but they're not trying to lose. I don't think the Panthers really care one way or the other. Uh, the results of the season. So my point being, if they lose that game, if they start zero and two in that way. Just as I said, it doesn't matter if they go in three, mm-hmm. but certainly all of us gremlins will come out if they lose that game at Carolina. And it oh, will yeah. be very ugly, and that will be a test of the metal of Derek Carr and his leadership and all those kinds of things. If he can stand up to the vitriol of Polk <laughs> and Kush. <laughs> and none of the actual media members standing in no. front of him who will not say one word of negativity to him. Well, I mean, starting the season 0-2 or 0-3 is a Saints tradition that yes. goes back to Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah. So, he, he started 0-4 many times yeah. under Sean Payton. And they, they, just have to, they just have to figure it out. Now, that was with Sean Payton. Yes, yes. Uh, and that is the other thing that I routinely forget is every time I think about that okay the division is really bad Derek Carr could be really good you've got you know enough pieces here and like and then you're like oh man your coach has shit for Brandon Dennis Allen and he just is the least inspiring every press I keep waiting for one press conference and then I read stuff about how he's like more comfortable in his skin this year I'm like I don't see any of that I see the same boring paper mache doofus standing there behind the microphone now maybe he's different in meeting rooms and guys are talking and i'm not doubting that any of that is possible 
But what I see is the exact same guy. You think he's uh, fiery behind the scenes? No. Inspiring? <laughs> I mean... I think he's like grabbing people by the collar <laughs> and really motivating them. I just... And I saw how mad people got at Brian Kelly. I'm like, Brian Kelly has skins on the wall, man. He's like been to a national championship game. Yeah. He's won. He's you doing know. the Cajun accent. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's eating gumbo yeah. at the press conference. He's doing all the <laughs> shit he's supposed to do. Well, he's got like a history of winning, like from multiple schools. Mm-hmm. Like you can have faith that he kind of has the direction of, you know, he understands what it takes to win. This guy's never won anything mm-hmm. ever. He's had a couple seasons now where you haven't seen him do shit. So if you do lose a couple games, it's like, does anyone have faith that this is the guy to turn this around? So I go back and forth of being, are these first two or three games crucially important to not let all of the gremlins out and sink the season, knowing that ultimately they could bounce back under normal circumstances, they could bounce back very easily. But I don't know how tenuous the line of confidence is with this team. Like, it does feel like they have to kind of get a little positive momentum to at least generate some belief because you felt that last year where, like, they're just not going to score. I feel like I have confidence in the players much, much, much more than the coaching staff. Sure. But I also think, I think Dennis Allen is actually on the hot seat. I think he is in a cannon facing the sun, yeah. and Mickey Loomis has a lighter over the fuse. Yeah. I don't think he will be here if the Saints are 0-5. Yeah, what do you do then, though? <laughs> I mean, is there somewhere to turn <laughs> on the coaching staff? that Pete, you'd Car- feel- Pete Carmichael. Yeah, what's the difference? That's, yeah, I agreed on what's the difference, but it's like, I don't think that's going to fix things, you know? Um, Dennis Allen just needs to get demoted back to his old position. <laughs> Can they do that? Yeah. Will he do that? That would be hilarious if they just like. They usually do that team to team. They don't do it within the same team. They'll like send him to the Jets where he would be like defensive coordinator sure. or something. It'd be just great if they like, you know, they start 0 and 4 and they're like, all right, Coach O, we're going to need you to become the head coach. He Dennis was, Allen, you go right there. He's wearing green. <laughs> That was a that was a headline. Coach O was at the Tulane game. His son is on the staff. Well, they keep saying it like it's some novel concept. Like he goes to like four home games a year. He was wearing green. I, yeah, his son works with the team. You can't. <laughs> He's got a house here. I'm sorry. Why isn't he wearing a shirt for the place that fired him? <laughs> this is what this is what people's argument is. They're still paying like seven million dollars. I'm not wearing a fucking Raising Cane's t-shirt right now. <laughs> they fired the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, God, that'd be great. Has any team in the NFL ever done that? Just like hired another head coach halfway through a season? I, we're going to be that's the like first. not on the staff. It'd be great. There's got to be one out there lurking. Be like Wade Phillips. Be like, what is he, like 75 <laughs> years old? Be like, you can Bring do this. In. I know they've done it in baseball. Like Jack McKeon, I think the one of the years that they won the world, like when the Marlins won the World Series, I want to say they like, he was like 80 years old. And they were like, all right, just come in here and be the coach. Yeah. Like, but baseball's a little different, obviously. Um, but I, that is like a scenario I would love to see. Let's see it happen. Yeah. I don't know who's available. Brett Favre. Can Brett Favre coach Tommy the team? Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> Tuberville, if you're a longtime listener. <laughs> I get him out of the Senate and leave the Saints. I think we got him. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. Yeah. Man. Uh, so... But where do you stand on the concept of these first 
like the importance of these first two or three games. Do you uh, am I wrong in saying that the 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 confidence could snap even though the practical nature of it doesn't really make a difference? My personal perception your personal perception yes is that if they let's just go ahead and say the saints drop the first three yeah it's gonna be fun to bitch about and go oh we were right yeah but i don't think it's gonna affect the season really at all okay i i as i was saying earlier in regards to tennessee the saints are gonna need a little while to figure it out on the field real players real teams sure and i'm i'm not gonna jump off the ship if they're zero and three, I'm going to bitch about it. Yeah, I'm going to point out all the flaws. <laughs> yeah, but this division is historically so bad. Yeah. that it really doesn't. I mean, the Saints could probably lose the first five and still be in it. Yeah, they're right. if they stay healthy. There have been years in the South too where it's like gone down to December mm-hmm. and the Saints have been horrible, and it's still like just teams losing and whatever. Yeah, uh, I mean, I th- it was last season. It was the season before sure. that. And and I. Th- there is part of like the Falcons lingering out there that maybe they've pieced together enough, but they still obviously have a uh, unproved, completely unproven quarterback, Desmond Ritter, and they're putting a lot of their hopes on a rookie running back in Bijan Robinson. So it's like, ah, like it doesn't feel like there's much for any of these teams except the Saints, and that it shouldn't be shaken by a couple early losses. Mm-hmm. But I could also see a coach who nobody has faith in uh, having trouble turning a season around right extreme. so titans game will be very interesting i don't know how indicative it will be of what's to come uh but i do think it will be a very interesting game and then uh the carolina monday night game is to me very very important but ultimately you know that might just be my uh, inner demon speaking just because of how bad carolina is just because how bad carolina is and how little faith i have in dennis allen I really wish you could switch the two around and have Carolina be the first game. That would be better. That would, you'd, learn, you'd learn a lot yeah. more quicker. And the Saints, are they have good schedule luck so far. It, they just need to connect a few pieces. Yeah. Really, the best, the best thing that could happen this season is we just forget about Dennis Allen. He's just there. Yeah. It's just working. It's like when it was like Trump, like the, the third or fourth year of Trump. It's yeah. like, I don't want to hear about it. The yeah. country is functional. Somehow I, my day-to-day is completely unchanged. I don't want to hear anything about what he's doing. I don't want to look at him. I don't want to see him. If you like him, I think you're weird. If you really hate him, I think that's kind of weird, too. Yeah, and then COVID happened. You're like, oh, God, i got to deal with this guy every single day. Like, this is now it's affecting my life. Every part of government is now affecting my life. So, yeah, I agree. I'd like the head coach. I'm, the a, Saints. I'm a libertarian Saints fan. Yes. I want small government, <laughs> big players. Power to the people. <laughs> uh, let's, let's open market the Saints. Uh, free minds, free markets, free players. Let them run freely. And uh, yeah, Free Camaro. it does feel like if Derek Carr was the head coach, I'd be happy. That'd right? be fine. Yeah. Or if Alvin Kamara was the head coach, he seems like likable. Well, I've got the hard Except for, So that one guy, it's, that one guy, <laughs> he everybody has like one. Him. He doesn't like him, but everyone, you know, I've got a hard knocks brain right now. So mm-hmm. I'm like the quarterback can coach the team. Just let him. It does seem as if Aaron Rodgers is coaching the Jets. Yeah. Like Salah standing in front of the team. Salah. But ultimately, they're all kind of turning being like. Looking like over their left shoulder and be like, "Is that our, is is he right, Aaron? Is is that is that accurate?" 
<laughs> it's like if a you know you let a student do a guest presentation, yeah, and they're all looking back at the teacher, be like, "We sure?" I uh, mean, he's just like he's just like a crappy motivational speaker yeah. that says the f word every other word. It sounds like an eight year old just found yeah. out a curse word and he's yeah. cramming it in there. It's really embarrassing. It's it just shows NFL coaches are. It doesn't take that much from a public speaking perspective. Did right. you see the guy from Arizona? They showed him. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's like, who took the bus here? And this is the exact delivery. <laughs> who took the bus here? Who drove their car? Do you have fire in your belly? And they're all looking at each other like, oh, God, we're not going to win one game. <laughs> I hope my health insurance gets can maintained while I am totally looking for a job next year. Does the XFL still exist? Because we're all fucked. Oh, yeah. They're like, I'm going to call Cam Jordan and figure out how to fake an injury to get out of playing. <laughs> if I chop my own finger off, do I get paid for the whole season? Because I can't. We're not going to win one game. It is great. There was a couple hard knocks. Do you remember uh, the Dolphins hard knocks? Like, it was Chad Ochocinco was in it, like, toward the very end of his career, and he got, like, arrested for, like, a, wasn't a DUI, like, some sort of, like, domestic dispute mm -hmm. whatever and the coach of the dolphins was joe philbin and he talked like a substitute spanish teacher who no <laughs> didn't know spanish you know like one of those Peggy just, Hill. Yeah, yeah. just like really old white guys just looking he's like all right guys today we're gonna go out we're gonna win the football game let's let's do this that's everyone's <laughs> like oh god we are we're gonna be real bad aren't we necessito victory yeah, hugh jackson they've had some really bad coaches on yeah. Knox. coach of help. grambling yeah is he the coach of grambling now <laughs> was, there was like a uh, scandal i don't know if he currently is surprise yeah hugh jackson had another scandal <laughs> what do you go three and like 40 and three Something years? like that not good but at least he was a winner <laughs> at least he made millions of dollars yeah. to be horrible at it that we're, was a fun one. We're over here doing a pretty decent yeah. job with the mic. We don't get anything. No. <laughs> Paying 20 bucks a show. <laughs> uh, on that note, we will take a quick break. We'll be back with all of your favorite local news. Stick around. We'll be here. Polk and Kush. Seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. The NFL is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness all customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Download now DraftKings and use Polk and Kush. That's Polk, A-N-D-K-U-S-H, to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That's code Polk and Kush. On DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, the crown 
is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope hope and why in Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-777 or see, visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age verif- varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario cdkng.co/football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. It's the It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny little crawdads. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> well, there was, we talked about it on the show when it happened, there were mailers that went out. Uh, from LaToya Cantrell that you, the taxpayer, paid for. Um, Little, like, fold-out brochures that were printed in full color, mailed out with a stamp, sent to, was it, like 300,000, 400,000 people? Mm -hmm. I think 400,000 people lived in Louisiana when the mailers were sent out. (laughs) And currently it's 300,000 because everybody left. Yes. Um, This was, uh, this is in... Like the city council court now, right? Mm-hmm. What they're doing. This was a bizarre interview that I saw, and it was on. It was with Aubrey Killian on WDSU, and they were talking to what's his name, Joseph Gordon Levette. <laughs> his fucking name. I don't know. I think idea. it's Gordon Joseph. Am I crazy? What? That, it, <laughs> Joseph Gordon. <laughs> what's his name? The star of 50, 500 Days of Summer. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Joseph Gregory, is that Joseph his name? Gregory, okay. that's it. Yeah. He gave an interview. It's just like a, uh, a rotating cast of clowns <laughs> with the administration. They're to- he looks like if they cured Forrest Whitaker's eye. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a clown, and they talk to him like... Do you think Aubrey Killian's an asshole? No. no, he's a news reporter. And this guy acts like it's TMZ, like jumping him outside of a funeral. <laughs> and it's just like, hey, who? why do you have a lawyer with you? And he's like, I don't know. Why do you have a lawyer with you? <laughs> Did you see this interview? It yeah, it's really weird that he's like, I always watch you, Aubrey. And he's like, you just said you don't watch any news. Yeah, that was a, a point of contention during the council uh, interrogation was he said that he does not watch local news. They're they're taking the like the Trump approach of that it's fake news and sure. fake media. And they but the thing the problem with that in New Orleans is nationally, maybe you can make an argument that some media is skewed to the left. There yeah. is no political skew at all in New Orleans coverage. It's mostly just a reading of the crime log. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> And then occasionally it'd be like, look, there's a crater in the street where it looks like an alien had landed. But instead, this is just what happens in the streets here. Uh, So, yeah, to not watch the local when you're the head of communications of the mayor's office Mm -hmm. of the city to be like, I don't watch the news. I don't watch the news. I don't read the news. There's like no newspaper. He probably doesn't pay the subscription (laughs) for NOLA.com. So what are you doing during the day? He's watching wheel. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, like what, what exactly? I think the job of the communications director is to know what the news is saying about the mayor. You would think That's so. Like, seems like 90% of the job. Even if you don't agree with it, it's to know what's being communicated about mm-hmm. the mayor. There was, there was an investigation last week. Uh, the city council members believe that Cantrell's office broke state law by sending the flyers. Uh, it was public dollars. They asked uh, this Gordon fellow if... Uh, Gregory. Yeah. <laughs> Gordon Joseph Levitt. Yes. They asked Gordon. <laughs> I'm just protecting him by giving him a different name. Well, they like asked him. They were like, oh, how much uh, did it cost? And he goes, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> He, li- he literally was just like, I don't, know. I don't know. That's the kind of thing where I wish I, I, I'm sure there's structure and rules regarding regarding like the council questioning people. But if I was in that situation, I'd go, give me your phone. <laughs> give me your phone right now. We're not doing this bullshit. Give me your phone. Open up your email. I guarantee they sent a receipt for this or just be like, hold on. And then you call the company that printed these yeah. things and they're like trying to blame the company that printed them. Wild. It's just, this is a very long article. Uh, and he kept saying it was educational. He's like, we were sending out education. I was like, who was educated by the fact that you had to pump up the mayor's resume? And then he pretended he didn't know when the recall deadline was. Yeah. He was like, I, I had no idea. They talked well, to I just happened to send these flyers out while the recall election was going on. Huh? I don't know how that happened. Leslie Harris asked Gregory Joseph. So you had no thought in your head to solicit this proposal and send out this mailer because there was a recall happening. And Gregory said, no, absolutely not. And then there was uh, another person. Um, who is this guy? He the head of the procurement office. Julie Mayer was being questioned by city council members, and Mayer was asked what he knew about the mailers and about a meeting he had uh, regarding the contract for them, and he said, I was just told it was in the context of the recall. <laughs> because of course it was. Yes. Because she doesn't send out mailers ever. Because no one has ever, in the middle of a term, of their second term especially, decided to spend, how much did they say it cost? $50,000. $50,000. On mailers with just just for the hell of it, you know, was yeah. like, this was clearly like the campaign to be like, oh, no, we're doing really well. We're doing so well. We don't know what we're doing this for. <laughs> like it's, it's so they just this is the the ongoing theme of the Cantrell administration and really the ongoing theme of everybody that's ever been in the city with any kind of power is just work under the assumption that every person here is the stupidest person in the world Mm -hmm. and that they are so stupid that you can just lie right to their face and they'll just say, okay, sounds good. Yeah. Be like, as long as you don't tell them that, you know, that you're committing the crime, or that you're not doing the job or whatever. As long as you just don't explicitly say it, there's too stupid. And they'll just say, well, that sounds reasonable. I guess I'll move on. What, what is Michael Thomas healthy? You know, <laughs> Oh, they're telling me he's healthy. I guess we're good there too. Oh, all right. Everything's looking up here in the Crescent city. <laughs> there's, there's just a, uh, a total, uh, the the default messaging is also just work under the assumption that everyone who is being spoken to 
is too stupid to have to be able to think to part two. And you know what? It's not the worst strategy I've ever heard. No. <laughs> it seems to be working out for her. She's won two elections. She beat the recall somehow. Uh, they're not picking up the trash. They're not stopping the crime. They're not doing anything no. of any value whatsoever. And yet, there she is. Yeah. So, you know, they, they've... I'm starting to think that's what everyone should do. <laughs> and this, this company that... I, I suppose designed the mailers. Uh, they are a like a public image consultant company out of New York, and they charged uh, the city thirty thousand dollars just for the idea <laughs> of a mailer. <laughs> the flyers cost eighteen thousand dollars to print, and then thirty-two thousand dollars for postage. So it was really like a hundred and ten thousand dollars. Yeah, and like these contracts are broken up to where they paid them like fifteen thousand uh, oh in twenty twenty two and fifteen thousand in twenty twenty three, to I'm sure avoid whatever pretend rules exist around doing this. <laughs> the original plan for the mailers, because they originally planned on twelve twelve mailers. <laughs> Would have cost the city more than six hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> When's the last time you checked your mail? I know. What's, it's, yeah. It, again, you just uh, just act as if everyone is too stupid to reply, and you'll usually be okay. Because the understanding that the people will never be united enough to actually attack the powers that be. Yeah. Uh, in a united front. That that's usually the winning strategy, and that's exactly what happened with the recall. It was uh, there was a large group of people who don't like the mayor, think the city's going in the wrong direction, hate everything about where New Orleans is, but were against the recall because of you know various reasons that they don't like the people who did the recall either. So it's like, yeah, so you don't like anybody. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? Nothing. Oh, great answer. That's a great response. <laughs> Let's sit here and just bitch on Twitter all day instead of even doing one thing that might help one side of this. Yeah, that's it's not going to happen. It's just this is this is New Orleans. It that that's exactly what it is. Well, continuing with uh taxpayer money being spent in absurd ways. Uh regard we've talked about the Pentalba apartment to death. She's going to live there forever yeah. and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. What are they going to do? Call somebody to change the locks? <laughs> it'll take them it'll take them 6 months to get out there. And then she'll just get a duplicate key and get in there. Are they going to have to have like armed security at Pontalba to keep the mayor out? It's not going to happen. Um, she vetoed the city council saying that she couldn't go into the apartment. Mm-hmm. She knew that she didn't have the vote. So this was a huge waste of time and sure. money and energy and blah, blah, blah. But in her veto letter... She said that it's shameful enough that a world-renowned city such as ours, New Orleans, does not have a suite in the publicly owned Louisiana Superdome. <laughs> not owned by the city, mind you. Yes. Owned by the state, which does have a suite for the governor. <laughs> Whose building it is. Yeah. J.P. Morrill <laughs> responded saying, if you want a suite at the Superdome, you're free to run for governor. Exactly. <laughs> um, <sighs> the gall. Again. How do Just... you cram that into your veto for the apartment? <laughs> yeah, I have this apartment. I'm never going to get up. But you know what I'd like more? A suite Sweet at the Superdome. <laughs> It'd be like if you went in for a, a contract negotiation as your boss was fired. <laughs> <laughs> 
interesting <laughs> point about me being late and messing everything up and generally having no idea what I'm doing here. I would like to counter offer uh, with a car allowance. Yeah. <laughs> I want the keys. It is. Uh, it's ballsy is not even the word because I don't think it is. I, <clears throat> I think it's they're just by trickling that out there. Mm-hmm. They're throwing you off the scent of like, oh, Look how ridiculous it is that yeah. she's vetoing this. Instead, it's like, let's just shut on her for not having a suite in the Superdome. Yeah, it's... <laughs> let's turn that into the conversation. Should the mayor have a suite in the Superdome? Everyone will say no, but now we've lost track of what the question was in the first place. <laughs> it's, it's flooding the zone with bullshit. You know, yeah, that's kind it's a of good what distraction. Doing. Yes, I do it all the time. Of course, somebody's like, "Hey, where were you?" And I'm like, "My dog has AIDS," <laughs> and then I lit my house on fire. Yeah. <laughs> there's a it's, it's a quite a magic trick that she uh, continues to pull off i'm so tired of just like railing against her but it's such easy content it truly is like, yeah it really is and never runs meat. out yeah um you know what new orleans needs more of uh tax dollars mm-hmm. and one way to do that would be to host the third biggest sporting event in the world what do you think the third biggest sporting event in the world is? Not the Olympics. Not the Olympics. Not the World Cup. Not the World Cup. What is it? The Rugby World <laughs> Cup. What? I don't know. How many countries play rugby? All of them, I guess. Except us. Um, the third biggest sporting event in the world. New Orleans has hopes to be a host city when the tournament arrives in the U.S. Uh, New Orleans is... A destination for all sorts of things we know regarding sports. I'm sure. I'm not sure why. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, it's because the Superdome is right next to Bourbon Street. The Superdome is next to Bourbon Street, but like New Orleans is not a centrally located city. It's far no. away. Well, it's warm weather, and it had the Superdome and the French Quarter, which before anybody had an indoor stadium and a tourist destination. Yeah. It was like this is that's why the Superdome held the Super Bowl like every three years for a very long time. But now if it rains for three minutes, the city <laughs> is inaccessible from all corners. It's yes. it's outdated. <laughs> it's every time you watch the news, the top story is it rained. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a story in other cities. It can rain. The best part is that it rained as top billing and then six people murdered is yeah. underneath that. Hatchet wielding maniac back at it. It rained is a much more significant story than a group of people bludgeoned to death. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, that happens every day. This one, you know, only now, every now and again. Well, this Rugby World Cup would include all nations. So some of them would feel right at home here. (laughs) Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan. Any of the war-torn countries. We're going to host the war-torn brackets. They're like, this is great. Wow, sushi restaurant. I, I don't watch rugby. There's a New Orleans rugby team. Yeah, right down the street? Yeah. Never been. Never been. I, uh, I know people that enjoy it. Yeah. But New Orleans could possibly host an event that is watched by nearly 900 million viewers. Can you imagine that? 900 million viewers seeing a power outage <laughs> during, during the only thing on the one TV. During the in their, New Zealand in their rubble game. <laughs> I don't know. This is... I mean, this is just like a thing we're saying, right? This is like the same way we should, you know, host the Super Bowl every year. This is like... This is real. 
Is it? I mean, they're not going to put the rugby world. They wouldn't sell one ticket to a local. Maybe this this is to gauge interest on the podcast. If you are a big rugby fan, if this sounds like the greatest thing in the world, hey, let us know. Yeah. I I would be interested in, in seeing the World Rugby Championship. Would Wouldn't you? you? No. It's like, look at these guys. I'd rather go to a FCS football game than go to the <laughs> greatest rugby game ever played. Well, and that's at, not to say anything against rugby. I just don't understand it. So that might be it. Might be great for other people, but if you can't get enough international people to come here to like fill the Superdome, can you? Is that where they're going to play it? I assume it'd be in the Superdome. The more that I read this article, the more I think they just were talking to some guy at a bar <laughs> who was like, we should have that here. And they're like, all right, run with it. I know. They would always talk about having the political conventions here, too. I'm like, well, the problem with that would be like, then they'd have to acknowledge the city that they're in <laughs> is part of the government. <laughs> like, we, we are, uh, a, the Democratic Party is in charge of this city, which is falling apart, which might not be the greatest representation of what you're trying to project <laughs> onto the nation. Well, they had a, th- this story I'm going to go ahead and debunk. It, they had a, uh, an, a rugby event at Finns to start the Rugby World Series in France. You know, if you open up the doors at Finns, somebody will be there. Yeah. You know, they yeah. show like soccer at two in the morning. Sure. They're showing rugby. I don't know if this thing is is big outside of the Finns world, but Caesars is involved in the process. I don't think Finn McCool's can fill the Superdome. That's my contention. Prob- well, <laughs> what, have they said where they want to play it? No. Is the super? Isn't the field bigger than a football field? I don't think you could play it in the Superdome. You'd have to play it at Zephyr Field. That doesn't seem like it would work. Um, the Superdome is mentioned. It could bring match. The CEO of Noel Gold said the first big target is to get some of the HSBC Super 7 series of rugby. That one's would, cooler. Yeah. The sevens is like very like short and much more athletic than the full rugby. I know that much. So I you know still about don't know the how sevens. it works. I don't know how it works, but friend of the program, Monty Charlotte, is uh, a big fan of the sevens rugby. And apparently that is much more interesting to watch than the full-on rugby. Okay. Well, they are hopeful to bring some of those sevens matches to the Superdome in 2025 uh, at its new location, Underwater. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be where the Top Golf is. <laughs> <laughs> the Top Golf is going to be on the roof. Of the Superdome in the Chris Kyle suite <laughs> on the Chris Kyle Memorial plaque on top of the Superdome. And you <laughs> Jeff, when Jeff Landry renames the Superdome. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just hit golf balls like Kramer into the sea. Uh, <laughs> do we have a worse this what week? What a disaster. Of course we have a worse. Let's do it. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things that I've ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumb for having the worst. That's right, everyone. My favorite segment is back. It's a not a weekly, but a uh, an occasional and. Only for special occasions. Yeah, whenever it's worth it. And what's a more special occasion than a headline that reads from the New York Post? Delta flight forced into emergency landing by passengers. Diarrhea. Quote, this is a biohazard. 
from the New York Post, our paragon of journalism, the lead paragraph that they'll be teaching in J schools across the nation, Medill and Northwestern. <laughs> this will be on the, 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 the big screen here. It was a crappy situation. A Delta flight from Atlanta to Barcelona was forced to turn around and make an emergency landing after a passenger, quote, had diarrhea all the way through the plane. Through the plane. What does that even mean? Was it like plutonium diarrhea? <laughs> was it like what, what hat? Was it one of those balls from uh, what was a Nick Cage movie? <laughs> The rock, <laughs> the rock. You know those little green yeah. balls that make things explode. Everything explode. Is that what came out of this guy's anus? How they go through the plane? Do they mean just through the seat, <laughs> through through the entirety of the airplane itself? Did it get on the bags? It's got to be there in the front or back of the plane. They diarrheaed themselves, and then you know when it was either descending or ascending, it went up or down the aisle. That's what I would think through the plane. Goodness gracious. Yes. Unless it was like a Dave Matthews band yeah. situation. You're thinking of it in a smarter way of through. I'm thinking literally penetrating through the metal. And I was yeah. like, I, I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> yes, a, it went throughout the plane. <laughs> Would be a more logical way to say it. Uh, yeah, so uh, it is a, apparently a, a biohazard issue. The pilot said to traffic control, had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta. So that we can go back to the varsity and everyone can see, everyone can join the party in the diarrhea nation that is this floating, uh, you know, scene of neck of uh, scat that we have going on. Uh, truly disgusting. Uh, you know, the FAA flight strip was posted on Reddit, which appeared to confirm the situation. Uh, that involved the biohazard. So I guess what they're saying is the plane had gotten somewhere over northern Virginia, and that's when it had to turn around and come back. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you're flying towards northern Virginia, and you start thinking, man, I can't wait to go to Sheets. Yeah. <laughs> can't wait to go to Wawa. And then you just get in that mindset, and then you shit yourself. What's worse? What's the worst person to be? The person who did this... Or the lady who, like, went viral for saying, you know, like, the you're not a real person. Like, that lady on the plane. That lady uh, is going to have a show <laughs> on Truth Social. <laughs> the Diarrhea Man yeah. might might as well. He's going to get a sponsorship, NIL for the, the Diarrhea Man. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm assuming it's a man. But it could be anyone. Um, and then who's the other... Oh, the shake your hand airplane guy. That guy liked. <laughs> they should have their own like reality show where they all are forced to live inside of an airplane. You know, I think we could have a really good time with all that. Uh, the Delta spokesperson sincerely apologized to their customers for the delay and inconvenience their travel plans. I think you need a stronger statement than that. Yeah, I mean that's torture to have to sit on that plane. Let me give it. Now a I'm shot. not saying it's Delta's fault. It's probably again the varsity's fault. We should be blaming the varsity, which is person ninety nine percent chance they ate at that one at Terminal E in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna give a shot for the Delta apology. Okay, we here at Delta <laughs> respect and trust each one of our customers to not liquidate hot <laughs> excrement. All over the section. <laughs> we failed to live up to that. 
and we will be offering a coupon <laughs> for a free Auntie Anne's pretzel once you get to Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> What are you doing if you're sitting next to somebody just drenched in? It's a tough scene. Yeah. Tough scene. It's bad enough when, like, a kid has a problem and the kid's wearing a diaper Mm -hmm. and whatever, you know? And that's embarrassing for the parent and whatever. Uh, This is, like, 100x worse. That I mean, the fact that we're reading about this means everybody in the world knows about this story. Yeah, I wish it had their name. <laughs> we got, do you think I would be better to know what seat they're in? That would be I feel like I know more. Yeah. What do you think? Look, this is somebody who clearly does not plan things well. They were not in boarding group A. No. These people <laughs> are at the back of the plane. The I guarantee seat. it. Well, that would be even worse because there's closer to the bathroom. I, I'm gonna go ahead and presume that they drank. 50 Jack and Cokes. They went to the Varsity. <laughs> they went to Whataburger. They went to the 40 Watt. I don't know where they went, but they went somewhere. Look, Atlanta to Barcelona, that's got to be a 12, 13, 14 hour flight. I'm getting hammered. I guess so. I mean, you're just sitting there in your seat. Yeah. Okay. And you're like, all right, I got nine hours on this plane. Yeah. I'm going to put on major pain. <laughs> And I'm going to settle in for some laughs and a good time, okay? And then instead, within 10 minutes of the of the flight, you start smelling something, and then everybody starts smelling something, and you're like, well, we've got eight and a half hours to go. Yeah. Do you, are, do you want them to turn the plane around, or do you want to be like, I can deal with this. Let's just get to Barcelona. I'll watch Major Payne seven more times <laughs> and never think about how bad that this smells. It's not like a dead body. You don't have to turn around. Yeah. Uh, I think I would be on team turn around. I'll come back to Barcelona. Well, if it's tomorrow. sloshing around the floor. How much diarrhea could it be? If the planes are very large. I mean, it had to be gallons of like. I'm trying to think of how much, like, like a gallon of water, if you just spilled it all over, how much the actual liquid, it obviously is just the smell. This, I mean, the smell is recirculating, so yes. it's spraying out the little thing that doesn't work at just you. open the door by the exit room. Could they crack the window? Yeah. <laughs> Throw that guy out? Let's do, at least his pants. <laughs> yeah, do Megabus rules and just throw this guy out. I don't know. I hate parachute on. I hate flying so much that I would not want to land and take back off and lose that time. I'd probably be like, just get me. I know. Give me the mini bar and a gas mask. Yeah, I'm gonna start up the oxygen thing. Yeah, just give everybody the oxygen bag. They got three ninjas on this thing. We'll be okay. Yeah, we'll get there. (laughs) You find USA Network Airlines. Uh, thank you all very very much for listening to this week's episode we do appreciate each and every one of you hey it's football season tell your friends that we're doing the show again often so we uh we love all of you please give us a shout on twitter at polk and kush and polk and kush at gmail.com talk to everybody soon see ya